Come on, give the Lord another hand clap. Yeah, he is good. Hey, before we dismiss children and middle school today, how many could stand a wonderful, miraculous report? Could you stand that? Um, I want you always included on major uh, prayer concerns or needs. So if you do not get the email from me, I send it out normally once a week, maybe every two weeks, something for you to pray for, uh, something coming up. Um, Please sign up today in the foyer at the Connect table for that. Many of you get that. But there's no way to sometimes alert you when something I need the whole body participating. If you're watching online today, if you will uh, just go to the chat room, put your name and your email address, you'll be included as well. Many of you would know uh, Pastor Chris and Jody Tomlinson from our family. How many know Chris and Jody? They're down in Florida doing a great job getting real close to getting a building. And uh, they both came under physical attack. I'm talking about not I have a hangnail. I'm talking about real serious things. Uh, Chris began having seizures again about two months ago. He had them as a child. And uh, it's just really hard getting medical attention. And, you know, that you, you, <laughs> we're going to run a test on you in three years. You know, it's almost kind of like that. And uh, so it's been putting it off. And he was having a lot of complications from it. He could read but not comprehend, almost like he was dyslexic. When we'd be talking on phone, we were talking daily. He would stop and just couldn't get a word out. So this was serious. He hadn't preached in two months in his pulpit. So his wife has been speaking, and suddenly then she became very, very ill. Can't figure out what's going on, all kind of complications. Many of you are aware, and of course, those that are part of the intercessory team, that Jeanette sends out, they've been focusing on that. So just, I just had a word from the Lord from them one day when we're talking, and it really gave them a direction. They followed it and immediately began to get medical attention that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So Jody was able to have surgery a week ago on Friday. They removed a tumor out of her neck, and they had told her the day before Christmas she had had cancer. How'd you like that for, uh, you know, Christmas Eve. Did I say Christmas right? Okay. Yeah. Day before Christmas. And, um, and so they said, no, it's not going to be. We, we, you, you know when you just have a peace when it's not. So um, Lo had the surgery. It's not cancerous. They're able to protect her vocal cords, on and on and on. And so she's at home recovering. Right before her surgery, they tell Chris, you have a brain tumor. Through all the finally getting some tests and so forth that really revealed through MRIs. So Chris had surgery Friday, okay? And um, it's just, of course, many of you were praying. I sent out the e-letter to have you praying and so forth. I hear from Jody late Friday evening. She's at home recuperating from her surgery, you know, just okay. He's through the surgery, went well, so forth. Yesterday afternoon, all of a sudden my phone lights up and it's Chris Tomlinson FaceTiming me. I'm talking about his head was cut open the day before, okay? A huge tumor, by the way. FaceTime, and he says, Brother Mark, it's a miracle. He says, they're letting me go home. Yes! And, uh, yeah. And the doctor does not think it's cancerous, but, of course, it has to be sent off, so keep that in prayer still. All the fluid has been drained. He says, I can tell vast improvement already. I could tell it in his speech. He says, I can read and remember what I've read. He was shouting, okay? So both of them have had that, but yet both of them are coming through. They've been through some tests, okay? Some attacks. We'll even be talking about tests today. But keep them in prayer, and um, uh, Jeanette and I will be going down eventually to be with them. But he was shouting. I think it's going to move them into a greater miracle healing ministry, all of us. How many want greater... Miracles and healing. So, so keep them in prayer. He, they were so fired up, and, and I just had to share that I uh, shared it with a few people yesterday that I was able to get a hold of. But you need to know that. And uh, look, when you get a re- bad report, don't don't succumb to it. Don't just cave in. When Chris and I were talking on Wednesday, you know, he had bounced back from the first thing, and he was so encouraged. He said, "Brother Mark, I'm going to be fine." And he, you know, at that point, they didn't know what they were getting into. When the doctor did the test to reveal they had a tumor, he said, we've got to act on this immediately. And so it took a week to organize the whole team 
and so forth. So we serve a great, great God, all right? So we're going to pray for them. A couple of things I want us to pray for. This month is a very special month because it is um, the Family Foundation and around the world and so forth. It's just an awareness of pro-life. How many are for life? Oh, we're for life. And um, this whole month is pro-life month. And it's a great way to begin our year by celebrating, standing, and defending the dignity of human life. All life the unborn, the elderly, and so forth. Now, just so you know, in uh, 2021, there were restrictions on abortions from state pro-life laws. More has been accomplished last year than any other year since 1973. What a tremendous breakthrough. But well, let's not rest in our laurels. Let's, we we want to see every child have the right to live. And I love the quote by President Ronald Reagan. He says, to me, it seems like the only ones that are for abortion have already been born. Pretty profound, right? So, so as we're in this pro-life month, let's just agree for all our legislators and so forth that are meeting up in Frankfurt and other states that we can just see advancement. It, it would please the Lord to see lives spared. Amen. Let's not hide our head in the sand. I know many of you have been through the horror of abortion. God is a healer and forgiver, and everyone says. So if you've been through that, this is not for condemnation. This is for us going forward and agreeing for the heartbeat of the Lord. And also, let's pray for Steve and Sally Kittick, uh, Dr. Steve's mother, graduated to heaven, really precious lady, 94 years old, just went to sleep, and uh, so they're having the funeral this afternoon. So just lift your hands, and let's rejoice for Chris and Jody, but keep praying for them. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the miracle is in operation. The nurses told Chris, this is miraculous. He said, no, ma'am, this is a miracle. And Father, we acknowledge it as a miracle. We lift up our state and laws of the land, Father, and just things, Father, right now that are making the killing of the unborn uh, Easy, we want to see that father, father abolished and every life have the right to be born and live and come to know you. And Father, we lift up the kiddicks right now and the funeral in a little bit. Be with them. We promise to give you all the praise. And everybody says, amen. amen. Now, don't forget, if you do not get the emails and you would want them, they're short. But that's one way I can, I, there's no way for me to call every person and so forth. Just letting you know when there's a real emergency need. Okay, praise the Lord. We're going to allow the children to go and middle school to go. And as they're going, hold up your Bible and let's say this together. Say it with me. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed throughout reach to others. Therefore, I can say, and... uh, Man, look at all those little ones going out in middle school. That's awesome. There's our leaders. They're the ones rising up right now. We welcome again those that are watching online. We're making some more improvements with our videos and cameras. Hopefully in the weeks ahead, we'll be able to even incorporate praise and worship for those that are watching online. It's just when we do those things, we want them to be done right. And I want us to give a shout out for all those that are that help host every week, okay? We have different ones that host. I hope I have them all. If I don't, just correct me after a while and let me know. But Amy Hogan, Beth Rowland, uh, Laurie Pence, and Laura Adams. And someone is out there hosting right now for everybody. Come on, let's give them a hand clap for doing that. Yes, 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 yes. Glory be to God. All right. What are we talking about? The test of faith. We're going forward in faith. That's our theme for the whole year. Everybody say forward in faith. faith. As Jeanette said, you can't do it sitting in an easy chair. Oh, I love a good easy chair. Aren't they fun? Especially in the last week or two with snow and all this, your easy chair, a good book. I mean, just, ah, it's so comfortable. But to go forward in faith, it's not always comfortable. There will be some tests. And the Lord is for you. And he's helping you. When you go through something, even like what Chris and Jody went through, I'm just believing it's going to have such a fire in their bones when they come out of this completely restored and their energy back, the devil's lost. 
I said, the devil has lost. So forward in faith. And what is the goal about all this? It's, I want you to really know him. Not about him. Not just, oh, he saved me from my sins. I got a ticket. I get to go to heaven. Mm -mm. I want you to know him. The the last worship song was a song of real presence. Why do we worship? Why do we want to enter in? It's just to magnify him. He's holy. He's holy. And that's what we get to do through all eternity. And you get to do the warm-up down here on earth. Amen? So we want to be led by him. So theme verse that we're using is Romans 8.14. Say it out loud with me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The sons are the daughters of God. Being led, not just, thank God, I feel a conviction, I want to go to heaven, I'm going to say this prayer. Okay, I did everything I need to do. No, no, I want you to be filled and led. And each one of us is going to be a little bit different. Each one of us has a different area we need to be led in. So this whole theme this year, it... It affects you individually or you as a family. Each one is going to be maybe totally different. And that's okay, but I want you to hear and be led. Where you're saying, man, I I sense the Lord do this, say this. Therefore, I've taken a step of faith towards it. And I've seen the Lord come through. And that'll build your confidence in God like nothing else, church. I mean, thank God for teaching and more truth in our heads. I get it. We need it. We don't need to be ignorant of the Word of God and the functionings of the Word of God in our life. But what makes it come alive? I said, what makes it come alive? Is anybody alive today? Okay. I'd like a little response. Something that makes you come alive is when suddenly, uh, you hear from the Lord. And he speaks in so many different ways, but you hear it, you're led by him because those are the sons and daughters. Now, this is Chris Burnett's favorite translation of it, okay? The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses, by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I want to be mature. I want you to be mature. So therefore, I have to challenge us, challenge myself to keep growing in maturity, Now, again, we're not talking about, okay, forward in faith, New Year's resolutions, I'm going to do this better, and I'm going to stop doing this. Those are all great, and I encourage you in that, but I'm not talking about you developing your own agenda. I'm talking about you stopping the agenda. Just stop. And I'm going to take time before the Lord. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to worship. I'm going to hear See, I loved it when Pastor Ryan got up this morning. He said, in the one-year Bible today, and then he read something, and he told you what he heard. I hope you got that. What what are you hearing when you read? What are you experiencing when you read? So I'm talking about really just, just a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, not being overly sensitive and emotionally sensitive to everything and offended and no, no, but being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we flourish. You flourish when we give God's spirit preference. I want you to flourish this year. You come alive. And then you go forward in faith. I've given you this quote, but here it is again from A.W. Tozer. The spirit does not care if you write him in your hymnals. I meant well, you know, talk about him, this and that's great. But he awaits our emphasis. He awaits for that relationship and that interaction. Wow. So when we say, I want to know God, we need to check ourselves and see if, we're, if we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Am I cooperating with the Holy Spirit? Or am I leaving invitations from him at the door because of the unknown, fear, uncertainty, doubt, confusion. I want us all cooperating with the Spirit of yes, God. Yes. You know what make this pastor just so excited? Every service, someone comes in. You know, Brother Mark, this week I was praying, and I, I sensed this from the Lord. I followed through, and God did something really good. Yes, come on. I meant that that makes me thrilled because it shows your walk with the Lord. 
Okay, last week, because it was kind of a, it wasn't a bad day, but we were anticipating the snow which came. So we had a small group. We had testimonies, and it was <coughs> wonderful hearing from people what they heard during the fast. Two weeks ago, Pastor Chris spoke on thinking forward, and he and I will be sharing through the <coughs> series. Wow, that was great. You cut that off when I went to cough. You're, come on, give Brad a hand clap. He's sharp back there. That was a week. Come on, give him. <laughs> That's all right. I'm not sick. I just got this cough. Ugh. So I'm healed in Jesus' name. Then three weeks ago, I, I started this message, the test of faith. And I want to complete that today, but yet there's no way to complete it because tests continue. <laughs> faith is not a simple little process, is it? Even though faith is childlike and simple, but faith is tested. Faith is tested. James tells us the testing of our faith, the testing of your faith. What is it going to produce? <coughs> Perseverance or what? Okay. So it is tested. I don't like tests. We have some teachers in here. Shame on you for giving everybody tests. No. Oh. But what does that do? That shows your ability to comprehend what you've been supposedly learning, needing to be learning. And as you pass that, it gives you a greater platform to bring more information, expanded knowledge. You don't want to be perpetually in kindergarten. It's fun, but it doesn't look good. No, if you're 50 years old and you're trying to learn to just color inside the lines, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. But, but relate that spiritually. Do we pass our tests so that we can handle more for the Lord? So that we can take more of his heart on for family, for the body of Christ, for the lost. In prayer. Yeah, he, he, he wants you to keep passing tests so he can pour more on you, more responsibility, more anointing. How many want that from the Lord? Okay, well, we've got to pass our current test that we might be in. So for us to go forward, we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Now, all the points I'm going to take today, I mean, the New Testament, the gospel is full of tests. When you read the one-year Bible or whatever you're doing, if you can remember this, Look at each one of these areas as tests. I'm just going to be in the Gospel of Mark. I just picked that. I'm only going to cover a few chapters, and yet there's seven points. There's no way to cover it all. We'd be on it all year long. So I'm just trying to whet your appetite. So all this is from the Gospel of Mark. What did we go over a few weeks ago? The first one was the test of pride. And we looked in Mark 7. We won't for time's sake. You can go back and listen to it on our Facebook page or our app and hear that message. But the Syrophoenician lady came to Jesus wanting her daughter delivered from a demon. Remember the story? And um, Jesus kind of ignored her. And, and then she said, please deliver my daughter. And Jesus responded, it's not right for me to take food from the little children, referring to the Jewish race, and give it to the dogs. Now, that does not sound real kind to refer to a person as a canine animal, does it? But it was a test. And she, instead of being offended, ooh, that's a whole test there. We won't even cover that. She said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs on the table. How many think that was a pretty good answer? He said, ma'am, be it unto you according to your faith. Your daughter is well. It's awesome. Awesome. Yes. God always is working a humility in our life through areas of test. Yes. Humility. Yes. Yes. Humility. We also looked at um, 
Naaman, if you remember the story. He humbled himself finally in 1 Kings chapter 5. He was the commander of the Syrian army, and he went to Elisha. He heard how Elisha could pray for you or do something for you, and you'd be healed. He had leprosy. And so he goes. Elisha didn't even come out of the house. He sent his servant out, tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan. Well, Naaman was furious at first. I mean, it was stroking his ego the wrong way. Surely he should have come out and done something spectacular. And finally, one of Naaman's servants said, look, he just told you to go dip in the river. Come on, nodhead, go do it. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, that's Mark Harrell paraphrase, by the way. <clears throat> so he did. And of course, he came up the seventh time and he was well. God is always, always, say always, always. working a humility in our life through areas of test. Pride has to go out the window to go forward in faith. And I believe this is one of the main reasons God moves so mightily, listen, in underdeveloped nations, third world countries, because when you go to them and you tell them the greatness of Jesus and what Jesus does, they grab a hold of that and just pull it right into their heart. And you see tremendous miracles healing, salvations, simply because there's a humility and a desperation and a hunger. If you've never gone to one of these trips, when the pandemic is over, join us on one. And everyone says, what else did we go over two weeks ago? The test of prayer and fasting. And that was right before we went into our week of fasting. We went over Mark 9, where Jesus addressed the need for a boy with an evil spirit and how the only way this particular case could be dealt with was through prayer and fasting. Several reasons for that, but fasting is a means of focus. Focus, because you're pulling back from eating or entertainment or distractions, and you're focusing. And the power of God comes and helps in those ways. We talked about two types of fasting, private, which is where you're praying over something, fasting, but you go about your life, nobody really is aware of it, and then public or corporate, and we had a corporate fast as a church body using the verse Romans 8.14, wanting to be led by the Lord this year. Okay, so here we go. New things, um, maybe some of these things you've thought about. Uh, I'm trying to show some of the ones that maybe initially that maybe you haven't, but just how important they are. So here's another test. You ready? New for today. The test of unconventional methods. Everybody say unconventional methods. Now listen, all of us left to ourselves, we like formulas that work. Come on. I meant if I can get to the store by going down this road and it works, why do I need to do something different? I'm just using that as a simple illustration. But with our Lord and Savior and our relationship with him going forward in faith, it's not a formula. It's a relationship and you've got to hear. So here we go with this story. In Mark 7, then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. Okay, we've watched Jesus. The formula is, if, you put, if he puts his hand on you, you're going to be okay. So they had the formula all figured out. He maybe could even hear them talking. That, that's just my opinion that he could hear that. So he wanted to mix it up a little bit. So what happens here? And he took him aside from the multitude, and Jesus put his fingers in his ears. Oh, glory be to God. That in itself was pretty unconventional. Would you agree? Normally, he would just touch the one in need, lay hands on them, and so forth. But Jesus put his fingers in their ears. Are you holding on? And he spat. What does spat mean? He spit. King James, he spitteth. Hallelujah. He spit. Hmm. And touched his tongue. Not Jesus didn't touch his own tongue. He touches the other guy's tongue. And then some other translations make it very, very clear. He spit on his finger, and then he touched the man's tongue. Praise the Lord. Everybody with me? 
that in itself is pretty unconventional, okay? Politically incorrect. And please don't think I'm trying to start a spitting ministry. I am not, I am not, I am not. Nor am I encouraging you to. But I guess you just got to be ready for anything, right? <laughs> Look, this is the head of the church. You see, we get Jesus all boxed up in a pretty little thing of how we think he is and what he'll do and how he should do it. You need a healing. Help us, Lord. Everybody say, help me, Lord. And touched his tongue. Unconventional methods. In the natural, that's just, ugh. You know, the American church has drifted so far from the New Testament understanding. People can actually think that anointing with oil for prayer, for healing, is a very strange phenomenon. I mean, it really can just think that that's almost bizarre. People can ask, well, what's that bottle up there for? Well, James 5 says, is any, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. So even Chris, of course, I couldn't do that literally with him. But men went over and we prayed and did that, you know, over the phone together. Just following the word of the Lord. Amen. Just standard procedure in the early church. But many American Christians, it's viewed as unconventional method. What about Gideon? The Lord, the Lord said, okay, you're going to go after Midianites. Great, Lord, I've got 32,000 men. I'm tough, I'm mean. The Lord said, yeah, you've got a lot of pride, ego. I'm going to give you some tests. Ooh. And so that 32,000 got whittled down to 300. Okay. Taking a long story, making it short. 300, and then the Lord says, get a uh, pottery jar, a torch, and a sword. Now, you're going into a whole camp. I met thousands of Midianites, and these are my weapons. And the Lord says, tell everybody to take their clay pot and smash it on the ground and make a loud noise in the middle of the night and scream going down, you know, the, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon with their torch and their trumpet. Oh, come off, somebody in the military. Does that make any sense? No, but it confused the enemy so much they all ran and fled and they won the battle. My goodness. You know, sometimes we can fail to really hear and discern what the Holy Ghost is going to use. Hmm. I know, always. You know, sometimes we can fail to really hear and discern what the Holy Ghost is saying. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God will test your faith with unconventional methods. Sometimes, I'm not saying every time, but sometimes to go forward in faith. Now listen, I know many a lady in this room who's prayed for the car that wouldn't start, and it started. Now men, we're not good at that. And all the men said... We want to open the hood and shed, da, 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 we, we, we're going to figure it out. But just pray for it and it starts right up. Yep. yep. That happened to you? Yep. yep. Absolutely. My mom had faith to have always gasoline in her car. <laughs> <laughs> she did. We grew up on a farm in Louisiana, you know, tractors, this, that, and the other. And my mom knew better than to ever go get on a tractor or do anything because then it would be her responsibility. So... She loved the house and cooking and decorating, and Dad took care of her, and he always would put the gas in the car. But she wouldn't always tell him when it was low. And I don't know how many times I've been with her or whatever. One time we would come back from Baton Rouge. We lived right by the Mississippi River. We're on the river road, middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden the car's going, <laughs> I said, Mom, are you out of gas? You know, I'm, I'm young. Well, yeah, I am. Oh, well, look, there's a station. And she takes a curve real fast. And we just coast in. And she looks at the guy, fill it up, you know. It just, she never ran out of gas. Gasoline. <laughs> never. She just, she just knew, it's going to all be taken care of. Unconventional methods. I'd say, Mom, check the needle occasionally. It would help. All right, here we go. Where did all that come from? Everybody with me? Number four, the test of progressive deliverance. Progressive deliverance. This is important. Very important. Then he came to Bethsaida. 
they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of town. Now in the seventh chapter, he took the deaf person and led him away from the multitude. What is that all about? Why did he get him away from large group of people, wouldn't that be awesome for all these people to see the miracle or the healing and so forth? There probably were a great number of people with unbelief, criticism, judgmentalism, doubt, and all that type of stuff, confusion and wrong attitudes can hinder the working in someone's life. If you're being prayed for and someone is speaking all kind of confusion over you and doubt, it can hinder you from receiving. The Lord often put people out of a room before he would raise someone from the dead. Peter put people out of the room before he raised Darkus from the dead. Kind of like, hey, glad you're here. Step outside for a little bit. Close the door. Because you want to create an atmosphere where anything that would hinder is removed physically. Physically. Remove it from the situation, close the door, and then all of a sudden, the presence of God can invade. Ooh, just like we were singing this morning about entering in his presence, it's awesome. And if you read Bethsaida's story, the Lord said to them in Matthew's gospel, woe unto you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you, things that I've done here and so forth have been performed in Tyre, in Tyre and Sidon, that group, that city, that region, they would have repented long ago. In other words, you're still being stubborn. You're not seeing what's going on. Jesus did a lot of miracles in Bethsaida, and they still rejected him. They still rejected him. So when he came back through Bethsaida, he said, I'm going to go pray for this person, and I'm going to take them outside the town. So let's call this test a test of progressive Healing, freedom, deliverance, whatever you want to call it. So he took him outside the town. He took him by the hand, led him out the town. And when he, when he had spit on his eyes, really, I'm not trying to start a spitting ministry. Nope, nope, nope. Two chapters in a row, okay? I don't want to rock the boat with the CDC guidelines. And everybody says, I promote salvation, not salvation. Salvation, okay? Here we go. But that's what he did right there. And when he had spit on, he spit on his eyes, the head of the church, the one you worship. So if Jesus walked in the room, would you be doing this or not? <laughs> he put his hands on him, asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Have you ever wondered about this? This was not a total healing, deliverance, freedom, for this man. Isn't that amazing? I love it when we get hit by God's lightning bolt. Bam! I mean, I just love it. The Shekinah glory, your shoes are shine. I mean, just everything's great from one touch. But often what we can do is fail to see a progressive deliverance, progressive healing, progressive freedom. It may be something medically, and you go back for another report, and there's just a positive change ever so slightly. Do you praise the Lord about that? Are you grateful that it's in motion? In 1 Kings, Elijah went up on Mount Carmel to pray for rain. They were in an extensive drought. We don't know the time frame of each time he sent his servant out to check, but the servant went six times and saw no change in the atmosphere. While Elijah just stayed in that posture of prayer, birthing an answer. Then on the seventh time, the servant saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. That's pretty small. And Elijah was so excited. Come on. That's it. That's the answer. It's coming. And sure enough, it came. And the downpour came. Please get this. Sometimes our faith has to pass the test where we look at one little tiny change. The child acts just a little bit better. You feel just a little bit better. Your attitude's just a little bit better. You're not gossiping as much. Come on. 
because nobody does, and everybody says, all right. Just, just little changes, little things, and you're able to say, that's it. It's emotion. God's doing something. Wow. Instead of this, well, it ain't never going to happen. I hope so. I don't know. I ain't seen nothing yet. Man, when I, when I hear that, see that, I just walk away. I don't want that on me. But I want, man, there was a little breakthrough. There's a little change. God's doing something. Come on. No, you look at this year for even small progressions in areas you're going to go forward in faith. Okay, you're going to do it. This guy in Mark 8 had to be prayed for again. Then Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his home, saying, don't you dare go back to that town. They'll talk you out of that miracle. Now I'm adding that in, but that's what they would have done. They would have talked you out of it. They would have destroyed what I was doing. But with any progress, anything, look, just begin to praise God. Praise God for it. So that's a test right there of progressive deliverance and healing. Next one. Everybody still with me? Okay. Number five, the test of possessions. Just walking through some chapters here. Mark 10, a rich young ruler came to the Lord and asked him, what must I do to be saved? And the Lord gave him a test. How am I going to inherit eternal life? So then the guy starts talking about all the things that he did. And they were great things. There were things that you would do if you were fully devoted to the Lord. All kind of great things. It was wonderful. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him. Isn't that good? When Jesus gives you a test, it's because he He loves you. And he said to him, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross. Take up the cross. Take up the cross. Mm, Boy, that's a... That's a test there. We won't even get into that. Take up the cross and follow me. The test of possessions. You know, money or stuff, there's my word, and faith are connected. There's something about being willing to release things, the opening of your hands to release things that opens up your heart to be able to receive things. Opening your hands opens up your heart. The two are connected. The Bible says, give and it shall be given back to you. (coughs) Yes, but if your hand is clenched, God can't even poke something in, you know, trying to get something in there to bless you. The Lord told this guy, look, you've got great possessions, but you need to be willing to release this. And I don't believe the Lord was after the guy's stuff. Everybody has to have stuff to function in life. Are you with me? He wasn't. He just knew that the stuff had the guy. It was idols. It meant too much to him. He was trying to show him, hey, look, if you do this, you'll be able to even have more. Now, we get, <coughs> we get test with the tithe. Everybody with me? <laughs> As I cough, <coughs> and I'm overcome this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me. Your Bible might say, test me. God says, test me. In this, says the Lord of hosts. If you do that, I will open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. There'll be not enough room to receive it. And the Lord says, if we do that, he rebukes what? Who is that? He rebukes the devil for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. In other words, your workplace, what you do to produce wealth. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. Do we believe the word? Okay. So it's a (laughs) test. It's a test of who is our source. Are we our source? Are we just dependent on ourselves? 
or do we trust God? The tenth, 10% belongs to the Lord. And then what I encourage people, plant seeds above our tithe. Now, as a church, we, we give above a tithe to missions, local and foreign. But I love giving more. And I know you do too. And there again, what is God doing in your heart that's maybe special to you? I might not know what you're doing. You might not know what I'm doing. It could be one of our missionaries, which Jeanette and I do, in addition to what the church gives. It could be supporting Project 5810, aim pregnancy, you know, all the different things that we're a part of. Awesome. Awesome. Because all those areas of ministry function from what churches give and then what people give. So we tithe to our local church, but then we're giving offerings. And it's fun every year to see what we were able to do. And as we give, I don't know how it all happens, but God does what? He gives back. He multiplies it back. There's something about giving that's so spiritual. It's a powerful way to just aid you and help you to go forward. It's showing God, your Lord, over my life and over my finances. Um, giving is a tangible expression that just shows God the condition of your heart. It does. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's just a condition of the heart. I've told this story, bears repeating, Dodie Osteen. She's now probably 90 years of age. But when she was around late 40s, maybe about 50, she all of a sudden had liver cancer, was sent home to die. They gave her a couple of weeks to live. Excruciating pain, miserable. And she'd have her children bring her to the hospital so she could go around crawling if need be to go pray for cancer patients. She said, I'm going to go pray for people with cancer. She gave. Guess what? She's alive. God healed her. She's still alive. We'll be with some of her children in a week. I mean, she's still alive. I mean, it's just, praise the Lord. She gave. She get, You know, a lot of times we, something's not right, and we just want to pull back and hide and this and that. No, no. Be, be, okay, I'm going to combat this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to operate in the other, opposite spirit. That's a good thing right now to help people bound by fear. Just say, operate in the opposite spirit. Jesus had a really simple test for this man. Back to the story. But he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Really great wealth had him. Great wealth had him. Now, I've, I've witnessed through the years people with means, and it doesn't have them. And they're tithing and giving and helping and doing, and they're blessed. And then seemed some, I mean, they're functioning, but they refuse to let go, and they're, they're, they're miserable because they don't trust the Lord in his word. It would have been a great ending had he obeyed the Lord and gave and followed, but instead he went away sad. We don't know his name, and we know nothing else about him from this point on. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Really, let's just call it idols. Just idols, anything that's before the Lord. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. In other words, following, going forward in faith and obedience for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. When? Now. When? Now. So in other words, you, you give and the Lord gives back to you? Yes. Yep. See, but we're wanting to dictate how the Lord's going to give back. You can't do that. He'll give back ways you didn't even know were possible. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. Oh, wait, with persecutions. That's kind of like that take up the cross. Yeah. You know, forward in faith doesn't mean that it's always just an easy road. You're not going to make the world happy. You're not going to make religion happy. And in the age to come, you're going to get eternal life. Everybody says, I want that. Yeah. 
So we tithe our income in obedience because it already belongs to the Lord. You're releasing to him what is his and starting a channel of blessing in your life. But then think, what can I do? How can I help? And if you don't have the extra money, well, who can I serve? What, who can I go pray for? How can I help at church? What can I do? What do you have? So everybody's quiet. I'll move to number six. <coughs> I'm going to make it, folks. Everybody say persistence. <clears throat> and I'm persistent. I'm not giving in to this. I don't have corona. <clears throat> I can smell. I can taste. I have no fever. I deal with this every winter at some point. This is a very familiar story about a, name, a man named Bartimaeus. You're familiar. Just walking through Mark, they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, I would say it real loud, but I'd start coughing. Son of David, have mercy on me. Well, then they're trying to hush him up. <coughs> I'm not going to hush up either. You know, a blind person doesn't care really what you think about them. You know, they don't have all the social awarenesses and so forth that we that see can. I had a great aunt who was born blind, my grandfather's sister. And when we go to Lake Charles, we get to see her sometimes and visit with her. You could be having a conversation. She'll just jump right in and take over. She had no clue of etiquette and so forth. She could play a piano. You might be having a deep conversation. She'll just get up, walk right in front of you, go to that piano, and just start playing and singing. And she loved the Lord. Why? Because she don't care what you think because she can't see you anyway. It, it, was, it was a hoot. We, enjoy, we always enjoyed being with her because she would just take over, not meaning to be bad. She just, I can't see you, so I'm just going to do what I want. I think this guy had a little bit of that in him. I can't see you, and I hear Jesus is here, so I'm going to do something. He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. I love it. I love it. And then I love verse 9, 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. All right, you loud mouth, you got your way. You're just persistent. Ah, you're just persistent. You got his attention. That persistence arrested the Lord's attention. And look, whatever the need... Whatever you feel you need to be going forward in faith, don't stop. Don't stop. Keep getting the Lord's attention and just don't stop. Get confidence towards God. Then they called the blind man saying, hey, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. I love this next part. I want you to understand it. And throwing his garment aside. Why is that important? Blind people, beggars, wore a beggar's garment. A beggar's clothing that identified them as a beggar or someone in need. And when Jesus called him, he said, I don't need this anymore. And he threw it to the side even before his need was met. He had confidence he wasn't going to need that anymore. And throwing his garment aside, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus asked him and said to him. Now, this is, look, we're back to the test of persistence. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Now, doesn't it seem obvious what it would be? Hello? Okay, here we go. Jesus does not like unspoken prayer requests. Okay? He wants you to vocalize with your mouth and say what, what you're wanting. Because the man could have said, I need a good meal. He could have said, you know, Lord, before I left the house, I forgot to charge my Braille Apple Watch. Uh, can you tell me what time it is? Come on. Could have done something like that. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, leader, master, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith, your persistent, loud mouth faith has made you well. 
and immediately received his sight and followed Jesus on the road, and you and I would have done the exact same thing. Amen? Faith has to be tested in persistence. Look, faith perseveres. We don't need any sprinters this year. We need marathon runners. We, need, we just get this pace going. It refuses to accept defeat or compromise with the devil. Look, keep pressing in. Keep, keep calling on the name of the Lord. Keep on knocking, seeking, going, giving, serving, ministering. Keep doing it. Stay persistent in God. And the Lord says, I'm going to stand still. What is it you want me to do for you? Your faith has made you well. Here's your direction. Here's your answer. Forward in faith. Be persistent. One more. One more test. And look, I'm just going through a couple of chapters. We could be on this all year. So when you're reading the word of God, look at each thing and say, where is the test here? How does this relate to me? The test of confession. Jesus had cursed the fig tree. Remember the story? Uh, The Amplified Bible gives a real good explanation about why Jesus did that. Whenever there were leaves on the tree, there should have been fruit under the leaves, and there wasn't any fruit. So he saw it as a phony, a counterfeit. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. He's explaining this to the disciples. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And we know the Lord does not mean we can say, well, give me that thing or that relationship that's not of you or this that, that, that's wrong or this thing that's unscriptural or unholy or illegal or immoral. We're not talking about that. And everyone says, he's talking about things that are of the will of God, things that are, you can find in the scripture. I love this. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Okay, four of you got it. Okay, the rest of you say, I don't know. Here we go. Say it out loud with me. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I tell just reading that puts faith in my heart. Just drops faith in my heart for all the areas we're to go forward in this year. You're in prayer war to bring things from the spiritual realm to the natural world. You know the will of God. You see it in the word. It's there in the heavenlies. But you're right here, and you haven't seen that take place yet. And so you're praying. You're, you're just gaining a confidence. You're, you're gaining a confession. That's why we like to make declarations. It's a confession of believing the word of God. So when we pray, we come to the throne of God. Remember, we entered it today. What a great worship song. Go to the heavenly realm. We go into the throne of God, and our heart says, Father, this is your will. This is your will. And then you have specific areas where you see the will of God. And I bring it before you today, trusting in this promise right here. Show God his promises. He can handle it. He wrote it. I make a claim upon what you see in your word. I'm believing that promise of God. They are yes and amen. They're yes and amen in Christ. I'm believing that right there, Lord, and I thank you that your word is true. Amen. See, just a confession. God, I know up here in the realm of prayer at your throne in heavenly places, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Ephesians talks about that. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, I know, Lord, here in heaven, this thing is a reality. And I pray, Lord, the reality that's there will come down to earth in the midst of this need right here so I can go forward in faith. Amen? Amen? The test of confession. Not just contemplating, not just wishing, not just, uh, no. Okay, here's the need. What does God say? What do we say about what God says? Don't start by saying, nah, when you show up. You start by saying, Jesus, you said, you said, and by believing, I receive it. Where? In the spiritual world. It's a reality. 
Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. It's that gap between the amen when you finish your prayer and here it is. Amen is in the spiritual realm. Lord, here's your word. The promises of God are gain. amen. I accept that. I thank you, Lord. Jesus, you paid it 2,000 years ago. He did what I couldn't do, and you provided that, and I say amen in Jesus' name. Then you function in your daily activities. You go to school. You go to work. You do all the things you do in the natural life, but you are believing this and even when there's just a little bit change, remember I said you, you start praising God and thanking him in advance. We're almost finished, but it, it behooves me to tie this in. You remember in Daniel when he was praying for an answer in a direction and there wasn't anything for a while? Then the angel came. He said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand seeking in prayer from God an answer. And to chasten yourself before God, thy words were heard. Heard your words the very first day. And I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Well, that's demonic, huh? But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Boy, this would make a great movie. I mean, you, you talk about, my goodness, Star Wars on you know, super strength. Here we go. And I remain there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what shall befall the people in the latter days. For the vision is for many days. And the explanation comes. So he's seeking the Lord for 21 days. There was a war in the heavenlies from the amen to the reality. And many of you, you're in that war right now. Stay with it. Everybody say, I'm going to stay with it. Just stay in there. You said amen way back there. And I, it might be a week, a month, a year, a decade. Stay with it. Everybody say, I'm going to stay with it. So you have revelation. That's the scripture. Hallelujah. And then from revelation, incubation. Wow. Where you're praying, releasing the blessing of God, binding the devil off of that loved one or whatever's going on, Right? And you're birthing that answer, that direction, that step forward, that miracle in the natural world. And then one day, you get the manifestation. I think this is where we sometimes get a little bit irritated in that incubation time. A little boy asked his pastor, when is the man from the station coming to church? You don't get it. The man said, Pastor, you keep saying, believe God until you see the man from the station. <laughs> Manifestation. <clears throat> okay, how many of you are waiting for the man from the station? Let me see your hand. All right, stand up. Come on. <laughs> stand up. <laughs> Had to end with that. Now, on the back of your bulletin, those watching online, you can download that. Here's some homework for you. Everybody say, I love homework. Yeah. Here's your homework. What is your confession? Okay. What is your confession from the leading of the Lord where you're to go forward in faith? What is it? That, that's why we fasted. That's why we're starting the year with this theme. That's why we've given you the scripture in Romans 8, 14. What is your confession from the leading of the Lord? where you go forward in faith. Keep that paper. Pray about it. You, you might know the answer right now. You, you might know what it is. If you don't, it's okay. Take some time. But don't forget about this. I love it when people say, okay, I heard you say this, and this is how I'm following through. And I have a confession. Wow, the test of confession. This is my confession that I'm going to be able to go forward with this forward in that. See my family go forward in this area of my life. And that will make a tremendous year. As our world is still dealing and reeling with the confusion over pandemic and all of that, there's no need for the body of Christ to be confused. No, no reason to be paranoid. No reason to be terrorized. It's a time for you to hear. And as people see you 
going forward in faith, it's going to encourage them they can too. Are you with me? Bow your head. Father, I thank you for my family. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God working in our life. Thank you, Lord, let it come alive. Let us see as we read, as we pray over what we read every day, that we can see the different tests that you made available for people. And as they responded appropriately, as they answered you in a way that demonstrated faith and trust in you, Father, you came through every time. So we're so grateful for that. So grateful. So with your head bowed, let me ask, how many of you have heard now, maybe just could be something very simple. It might be more complicated. It might be something with your business or, or your work or your education. But you've heard something from the Lord about an area that you're to go forward in faith for this year. And you know what it is. I'm not going to have you tell me what it is, but you know what it is. Let me see your hand if you know what that is. Okay, great. Numerous ones. Okay. How many of you are still seeking the Lord for that? Let me see your hand. Okay. Thank you. I want to pray and agree that we're going to hear, we're going to know, and we're going to hear how the Lord wants us to do that. Some of you can make such great spiritual strides this year because once you start hearing and knowing the Lord's voice, there's something that comes alive that nothing else can satisfy like that. So let's bow our heads and then Pastor Chris will come up. Pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, your word is so true. You only give us test because you love us. You know our potential. You know that we need a challenge. We need to be able to follow you and understand your heart. So I'm going to hear. I'm going to know an area or areas for my life, for my family, for the body of Christ, where we can go forward. We can grow forward. And as we do, we will see your power, your miracles, your manifestation. All these things take place. I thank you, Lord. I am going forward in faith in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap for doing that.